Broadcasting all over the world from cinemageekly.com, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast, with Anthony Lewis, Aaron De La Osa, and Glenn Bove. Podcast episode eighty four. Uh, we're just free balling. I think eighty three and a half, maybe. Yeah, we're we're free balling <laughs> it this week. Do uh, Lion King movie. Uh, we're hanging out with uh, hanging out with Glenn and uh, and Aaron this week. Aaron's Yay! back from Aaron's back from Vegas. Uh, mostly, <laughs> I think I think everybody leaves at least a little part of them there uh, when they go. So I'm sure there's a a little bit missing, but Aaron is mostly yeah. here. Like a car Mostly here. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, no shit, man. All I could think about it every time I was when I was gambling, I was like, oh, there goes that new couch I wanted. It's like, oh. oh is that it, how it is the... when you play craps? Because that's how it is for me when I play craps. No, it, it was just gambling in general. I, I think it was just the difference between going to Las Vegas uh, as a married father in his <laughs> mid-30s as opposed to the first time when you're just like some free-willing kid in your mid-20s. You know what I mean? You don't care about anything you could... You could drink a keg and get up the next morning and be fine. Whereas, you know, oh, I, know. I, you know, I have one margarita and spend too much time in the sun. I mean, I'm done for like the entire weekend. It's, yeah, see, it's like, not, a, I, not a young man's city. So, <laughs> yeah, when I, like when I went the first time, I, I, I think I, I just turned 21, and because uh, I've been twice now, and when the first time I went there, it was we got a, we, you know, we had to, you know, drive the airport, and we were up, you know, five o'clock in the morning, get there. And I don't think we went to bed that night till three, and then we would wake up at seven, and that's what we did all week, was like four hours of sleep. And it was—I mean, like my system was alcohol and caffeine pills. Like that was—I mean that—that that was it. Um, I mean the only time, and then like I guess I kind of caught up on sleep because we went to Los Angeles the last day and went to uh, went on the Conan O'Brien show. Uh, and so, like, we, we did that. The Which last I presume was there. amazing, yeah. Yeah, it was, actually. I actually was on TV. Um, I guess I, I feel like I should probably put that up on our on our YouTube account, because it is kind of funny. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, did, did, you, yeah. did any of you guys see Conan O'Brien singing the monorail song from this the Simpsons yes. thing they did at the Hollywood Bowl? <laughs> at uh, the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, truly. They were doing some sort of Simpsons thing, I guess. I don't fucking know what they were doing, but it was uh, Conan O'Brien and a large choir of people. And uh, they were all, uh, he dressed up like Lyle Lanley. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, given all of the uh, the reference uh, to it and the all the talking he did, that he's probably responsible for that bit in the first place. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was the one who approached. Have you never heard him talk about it? No, I've actually I've because I know he wrote for The Simpsons for a long time, uh, but I never actually 
I went out of my way to find out what exactly were the things that he developed or wrote for the show. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because he came with that bit and he approached uh, George Sakai about it. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, you know, I take <laughs> quite seriously. And he's like, oh, I, I, I didn't know. Well, it turns out that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Is, uh, is actually like on the monorail commission. So, <laughs> that's, so that's for him. That's what made the monorail commission. Yeah, like he's like <laughs> super in the monorails, and so that was like the they said that was like the really ironic thing was like whenever he he brought it to his attention and he like he saw the joke, he's like, you know, I take monorails quite seriously. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> and then he got Leonard Nimoy uh, instead. Yeah, or, that's or, what, so that was like that was like his one of his favorite things he ever did in his career was was finding that because it was just so bizarre. That was such a that was such a great episode. It's one of my favorites. But yeah, uh, everybody, if you're curious as to what an episode sounds like when there's not a lot of news and we haven't had time to go through the mailbag, this is it, everybody. This is what it sounds like. We could just do a cold mailbag. Yeah. Vegas. I mean, I could. I, yeah, but we'd have to do some like dead air while I'm sifting. That's fine. Glenn, Glenn and I could roll this bitch, man. While you, while you, while you dig up some. While I'm sifting through spam, well, how about how about um, I we do some sort of hybridy type deal where I will bring up one of the stories uh, of the three that we can discuss, and then while you guys discuss it, I will try sifting to find something of of use. <laughs> Does that sound like a plan? This Absolutely, is the, the most cobbled together podcast of all time. Okay, so before we do that, cinemageekly.com/slash/support. Head over there. Uh, there's banners that lead to shopping places. And use them to shop and buy things. Uh, we get a small percentage of that. You guys are going to do it anyway. People shop Amazon all the fucking time. Uh, so just use our just use our links, our buttons that take you to Amazon. And uh, that and Patreon, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to get to that, Aaron. Yeah, that's, you're, you're jumping. <laughs> God, that's the last half of the show. Come on, you're jumping, right. the, you're jumping the boat. Um, <laughs> the uh, but yeah, every everybody's using Amazon already, so. Uh, since you are, just feel free to use the buttons we have provided on the website, either on the front page or on the support page. Uh, using those gives Amazon the heads up that uh, we are, in fact, the ones who sent you, and they kick us back some money. Uh, of course, the big one, Aaron did already mention this, uh, ruining my my big surprise, which is not really a surprise. Oh. We kind of we talked about it on the podcast last week, but it had not really been uh, put in place yet. Uh, also, when you visit that support page, there's a big-ass banner for Patreon. And uh, that takes you to a wonderful place uh, that the people at Patreon have set up uh, specifically for content providers. And if we do anything, uh, we provide content. Uh, we can't speak to the quality of the content, but most definitely, most assuredly, there. yes, most assuredly, if there's one thing uh, you can say about Cinema Geekly is that we put out content. Um, and it is for content providers. And uh, what it, what it does is let you... Uh, subscribe, give money to the people that are providing the content that you enjoy, and we get to set all the limits, all of the perks, all of that great shit. And uh, our brilliant minds, the from the from the brilliant minds that brought you the Kickstarter campaign that awarded you with nothing, <laughs> and uh, from the brilliant minds who set up the booster campaign with a shirt that made it seem like you would be into fisting. Um, I really, I was really hoping that one would work out. I, I wanted mean, that shirt. I know we were off to such a great start. Me too. Uh, uh, Glenn, you're gonna have to subscribe to listen to the last uh, to listen to the last episode of the uh, the Who Made Who podcast. Uh, yeah, so, I know. And- I I realized that it backfired really quick because I did. I, I mean, I listened to the first one, 
Well, you need to uh, not all the way through because we yeah, can... I know. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm saying I'm saying because Aaron and I uh, stumbled upon inadvertently our next uh, probably highly inadvisable T-shirt design on that episode. Yeah, sorry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, whenever people get around to hearing that episode, uh, yeah, you can look for that shirt when this Patreon thing doesn't work out, and we go back to Booster. Uh, you can look forward to the the Golden Bath T-shirt design, uh, which uh, coming to you soon, probably not. Uh, you know, so, I was really hoping Golden Puddles would have <laughs> made it. Too. Um, okay, so with the Patreon thing, you head over to Patreon, and uh, what we've got, what we're doing right now, is this uh, the Cinema Geekly Premium thing because the one thing we are good at it's it's churning out the podcasts, and uh, we decided to take heed of of some people who had wrote in and asked about episode specific. Uh, episodes of the podcast, we decided just to to fucking run with it uh, in another direction and just do separate podcasts for shows we like. And uh, Glenn's moving side B over there, and we're going to be, you know, we're in the process of thinking up a whole bunch of different shit right now. But you can uh, go get access to that by going to the Patreon page. And uh, I think starting just a tiny amount, a fucking dollar a month, and I think you get some limited access uh, to those podcasts for a few weeks. And that's just for a that's just for a dollar, four fucking quarters, uh, and yeah, as always, we're just looking to, and, and obviously there's larger chains going upwards as well. Uh, I do believe on the highest level you're getting um, uh, a, a full year plus. Uh, we're, I'm tossing in a t-shirt, uh, so yeah, that's like on the on the highest level if people want to go uh, that large. But we're still in the process of creating the content for that page, so. Um, there is stuff up there now, and uh, people are free to to patron us or, or patronize us, because I'm sure they, they do both. Um, you're free to go do that now, but more stuff is going to be continually added uh, as we go forward. Uh, so, yes, there is there is all that wonderful shit that's going on on the, on the Patreon page. Uh, Glenn, you're, yeah. you totally have to sign up, man, because uh, you don't want to miss that episode. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm kind of. I I've realized that doing this also backfired on the staff. So, um, the other thing about it too is it's funny. Is you know you talked about we don't know if it's quality yet. So definitely with these podcasts that are coming, it's going to be a qualitative versus a quantitative argument. Oh sure. Um, because I mean, as as we'll get to later, uh, there are going to be a pretty steady amount of podcasts coming uh, for quite some time, and we've even. Not not just episode like he was saying with TV shows like well we actually now we're figuring out ways to kind of fill in the space, um, especially something like Agents of Shield that has like the worst uh, schedule as far as taking weeks off. Um, yeah. So. Um, okay, so let's jump into the first uh, not the first question because I was not looking <laughs> for anything <laughs> while we were talking about that. Uh, the first uh, the first bit of news. Uh, that came out very recently uh, involves Robert Downey Jr. talking to Variety. Um, he uh, he, they were asking him about uh, the possibility of a fourth Iron Man movie, and says, uh, "I believe the exact quote was, there isn't one in the pipe. No, there is no plan for a fourth Iron Man.' Uh, so, Aaron, is this? Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to see him in the second Avengers movie, um, but is, does does this mean? Uh, it could mean anything from big to little. It, the little being that they just haven't made an Iron Man movie yet. They haven't decided to do a fourth one uh, right. all, the way up, all the way up to the big of Tony Stark is dying. Avengers two, uh, which one, which one of these do you think it is? Or is it somewhere in the middle? 
Uh, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Really, at this point, I mean, you know, the, the role is Robert Downey Jr. And I, I think his contract is actually up with Marvel. So I think at this point they're trying to decide or maybe it's up to him to decide if he wants to be playing Tony Stark, you know, almost into his 60s because Marvel's going to do long term contracts. So, I mean, it, it might be a way for them to, if they could have Tony somewhat cameo at, you know, if they're going to be another actor, uh, to have him cameo as Tony in someone else's movie and then do an Iron Man 4, that might be the way, you know, they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think he might be done playing Iron Man. Uh, Glenn, I mean, what do you, what do you think, uh, what do you think this all means? Are they just, uh, is this, because a lot of people think this is, could be the end for the character. Um if it is, do you think they're going to reboot the character, or are we just going off on a on a cliff right now that we don't even need to be going off on? Is this not honestly, even going to be an issue or anything? Honestly, I hope they don't make any more Iron Man movies. I mean, I love Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's awesome, but sure. I mean, there's just you start, you know, you're looking at number four. Like he's already done four movies of him being a principal character, and it's just I don't want. The, I mean, the market's already getting pretty sad trade as is and now you're just just gonna soak it you know drag it like a bag full of puppies right and uh i i, I mean I, I want him to be like if they could keep on where he is in the avengers movies and you know so every four or five years he's an avengers movie that's fine um and he can just you know as he was presented in you know the second iron man movie of being like a consultant so Maybe he's not there fighting the good fight, but you know he's there as like support or something. That's fine because I think Robert Downey Jr. should just always be in there just because he's awesome. Um, but I, I don't, and I also hope he's not dying in this movie because then it's almost like, like they teased it in the first Avengers, and then they and then he dies in the second one. You're basically just rehashing something you've already done. Right. And I, I really hope that isn't the route that they choose. I mean, I, I pretty I mean, I know Joss Whedon's a better writer than that, so I don't see that being the case. He usually, if he's going to kill somebody off, it's someone you really love and don't see coming, or um, just complete 360. You know, it just, it just right. he just does it if you're in love with somebody. I, uh, so I was really upset that Gwyneth Paltrow came out of those, came out of the fire in the third one, because if she's dead, um, then I would feel like Tony's story in the Avengers would uh, be much more, he would have much more of a reason to create Ultron and that kind of stuff, seeing that he has already lost a uh, human life twice in his life, as far as closeness goes. So do you think they should, do you think, way. do you think they should have killed her Aaron? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a bit of a mistake. Um, yeah. They could just make up for it now by just offing her at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has like, but... there's like a box and uh, you don't know what's in it. Um, <laughs> And this uh, Samuel Jackson as being Morgan Freeman could just you know yell him not to you know don't do it don't open it they can you just know, they can just stuff. give her the Crispin Glover treatment and uh, the second Back to the or whatever the fuck Back to the Future movie that was that he did Back to the Future in. too and it's like yeah. oh he's just dead here's his grave and everything um, yeah they just they completely just write her out that way I mean I'm sure that's how it could be because the reason why he did it with Crispin Glover was because he wanted to get paid the same as Michael J Fox and they're like. Yeah, you're not Michael J. Fox, so <laughs> they can just uh, they can just give her the treatment. Oh shit! No, because we were talking about the Simpsons. Uh, who the fuck was that character that Homer played on Itchy and Scratchy? Um, he was that dog, that fucking hip hop dog that they had to kill because nobody he was a very unpopular character. Uh, I can't remember the name of the dog, but you should totally that should be the Pepper Potts uh, death sequence where. 
the film just freeze frames and somebody comes in. He's like, I'm Pepper Potts and my people need me. And she just fucking vanishes from the frame and she's wiped out of the film in that regard. I'd be fine with that as well. They don't even have to do anything elaborate. Uh, just just get her out of there. And then uh, it's not going to work, is it? Like they should have just killed her in the fucking third movie. <clears throat> yep. um, yeah, I guess we can't really. He won't be able to lament her that early in the uh, the in the uh, the Ultron movie. Maybe Ultron can just wipe her out. That's like the first fucking thing he does. He pushes the on button. Ultron wakes up and then just shoots Pepper. Boom. Problem solved. Well, then I feel like didn't you're doing like the same thing that I just complained that they hope <laughs> they don't do with Tony Stark, guess, and that's like like they missed the mark. Like they could have done it; it just would have been perfect. It's, it's very, like, it's yeah. very, it's very difficult to opine while while looking over some things in my in my email uh, inbox. Um, I, I did find the the perfect thing, however, um, via the uh, via our Google Plus page. This is a real issue that Google Plus has developed. Uh, I think they started liking people. No, oh, <laughs> I, don't, okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're the real. Are they the reason? Is that the reason ISIS exists? Is Google Plus? It could be. Um, no, no, no. I was uh, I was talking about how they let people uh, before that you had to verify your name and all of this shit. And now they, in an effort to to maintain relevancy, uh, they started letting people pick whatever name they want. Um, so yeah, for example. Uh, one of the people following us in our circle is Audrey Hepburn, whom I believe is not uh, the alive. Real, yeah, it's not the real. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I mean, she, I don't think she was ever truly alive. She always kind of felt like she was dead inside, anyways. But um, yeah, her her body is dust. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I, uh, um, but I totally found uh, Glenn. This works out well because we were already bitching about this before. Aaron even arrived and we started recording the podcast. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if anybody, I don't know, Aaron, if you even have any interest in this, but if you do, you can chime in for sure. Uh, but this is from Mr. T's mom on Google plus. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? And I love uh, it already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, uh, okay. So here's the thing. Not enough video game talk on the podcast. Destiny is coming out. What do you think? Do you believe the hype? I can't wait to fucking play this game! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Um, I don't think there was a question in there, but there was no question mark. So yeah, uh, we were talking about this beforehand, um, and uh, this was sent, I think, like two weeks before the game even uh, arrived. So I don't, I don't know if this fellow ever played any of the shit that came up beforehand. Um, Glenn and I played the beta. Aaron, did you ever even touch this thing? No, it, uh, it, it. This is one of those games where I feel like it looks really cool in the commercial, but I just I think it's just gonna suck nuts. And I haven't even wagered a guess to try to find out anything about it. I, I just no. doesn't really appeal to me. You hit the nail on the head, at least for me, anyway. Oh, good. Uh, they uh, did you see the because uh, we talked about it on the podcast last week? Did you see the uh, the live action trailer they did with the the immigrant yeah. the Led Zeppelin song? That yeah. tra- that trailer was, I, I'm trying to put it in some sort of quantitative state to <laughs> to describe how much better that was than the actual game. Um, they should have just made a. I think because Glenn and I were talking, they should have just made a movie based on that. That would have been more entertaining. Uh, as it turns out, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, it, it seemed like it uh, tried to do a lot of things and didn't perfect any one of them. Uh, for me, I'm a story-driven gamer. 
so that's my main thing. And it, and it, I don't know, Glenn, maybe it's just me. Did it seemed to me like they were hyping that this was going to have some sort of huge world story thing going on. I don't know. Maybe was I reading too much into it or did you get that vibe too? Well, I mean, they made it sound like they gave a shit about the campaign because they were talking about people could drop in and out and you could play together. And it was like, I guess, kind of like Titanfall where it's, you know, like you can do the campaign together as a group and that would be part of the experience. And for this, that felt like, you know, they mentioned that a couple of times. But uh, I mean, it's there's definitely a side B that is I mean, I just got to figure out a time when we can record it that is going to deal with uh, Destiny and just first person shooters that in general of like what they've become and we mm-hmm. joked about it off air like like call of duty as a franchise has now become like the michael bay of video games like <laughs> aaron you play call of duty do you agree uh god damn it yeah i do it, 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 it's almost like I, I was sucked into the madden trap for so many years and right. finally i'm like you know what last year i'm like fuck you john madden i'm done i'm not finding the shit anymore but then, oh, you know, I can't. Uh, it's like crack to me. I've been right, playing. Yeah, but, but then I've gotten every fucking Call of Duty they've put out. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just right. like, shit, you know, I can't get away. Well, I mean, I think in some ways this game would appeal to you a bit, Aaron, because, I mean, if that's if that's the type of game you like to play where it's, you know, just, you know, fuck the, you know, fuck the story, just give me the most like the the easiest way to to be able to, you know, level up and gear up and armor up so I can go uh, have fun playing multiplayer or whatever. I mean, that's essentially what this game is, but it felt like they were promising a whole lot more. But it, and, is the multiplayer, is is it like Call of Duty where to, to, in Halo where it's like a shooter, or is it more like a, is it like an MMO where, you know, it's just you and like a clan of people yeah. running around doing shit? No, the multi the multiplayer is like Halo and stuff where they've got, you know, team, oh. death, team death match and capture the flag, that type of stuff. They've got all of that stuff in there so yeah that's the uh do they have a, their version of griff ball because i i do love griff ball <laughs> that's the, um... that is that's where my madden skills come into play but uh but basically yeah i played the i played the beta and i'm like wow this it feels like a really thin story uh like they have a very impressive visual intro uh video that like sets up the the narrative of the game or whatever uh, and it feels like they're not revealing very much to you. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess more will be revealed as we play along. And uh, as I've as I've been following people playing the game, it turns out, no, there's they don't reveal much of anything. Really, they create this giant world and uh, they uh, they don't really focus on any one character. What's I mean, the few that there are. Uh, Peter Dinklage is actually the most main character in the game because he has the most dialogue, uh, but he's a little robot. Uh, so right. yeah. And, and acts accordingly. I mean, it's very, uh, there's not much emotion to it and it's just, you know, it really does feel like, uh, somebody else had recorded the lines and they're like, Oh shit. Uh, quick. Who's uh popular right now? Uh, the game of Thrones. Who's that? Who's that short guy in game of Thrones? Yeah. Let's get him. And they're like, here's a giant paycheck. And he's like, put a microphone in front of my face and give me the lines. And then he read them and then took his check and then left. Uh, that is pretty much what it feels like. Um, and the, the, yeah. Uh, but here's the, here's the problem. The campaign, not only is the story very thin, but everything I've seen from the campaign missions, like it seems insanely repetitive. Uh, the idea is you're going to look for something. Uh, you have to fight through some guys to get there and then you deploy your Peter Dinklage bot while he's scanning something. You have to defend the air. Is it actually Peter Dinklage? Cause if it is, I might go by the game. No, it's not. <laughs> 
it's just it's just the it's just the voice of Peter Dinklage, but uh Is it really? Yeah, yeah, it's he's definitely doing it. Yeah, he's the oh. voice of the he's like the Cortana of this game. Uh he just oh, it, shit. It just no, feels good. it just feels like a big <laughs> cash in though. Like he literally just took the check and read the lines and took off. Oh um, yeah, fuck I'd do that tomorrow. <laughs> like yeah, like he, he didn't, it felt like he didn't give a whole lot of shits. Either that or right. either that or he was directed very poorly in how to deliver the lines. Um but yeah, either either way, um it's essentially that that's every mission you deploy the Peter Dinklage ghost and uh he's hacking something or trying to open a door or retrieve some information and while that's going on you just shoot a bunch of shit. Um and then you just do that over and over again for every single mission. There's, that sounds boring. There's no chase. I mean, because you've got those scooter thingies, those little, you know, flying bikes or whatever. There's no chase missions where you have to chase anybody in those things. There's no, you, you get like uh, you can get different ships uh, to fly between the planets and stuff because you get to go between Earth, the moon, Venus and Mars, I think. Um, and, but the ships do nothing. There's no space combat. They they're literally just there for the, you know, the loading screens. Your oh, okay. Is, so yeah. it's like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's completely, <laughs> it's completely pointless. Um, it, it just, you know, so it's not down my alley at all. And it felt like it was gonna be like I thought they were telling me this is gonna be one of those games. Like, you know, step aside, The Last of Us. Step aside, Mass Effect. We're gonna, you know what I mean? Like you thought, you know, your games were huge. Just fucking wait. And um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's not did <laughs> the. Uh, uh, I think the uh, the teaming the teaming up on missions thing it's like three people which is not very large, um, and I think it's usually randomly assigned three people. Although I think if you've got three people, uh, I think you might be able to invite some people and shit. I don't know if you've got friends that want to do it or whatever. Um, but there's some insanely long boss battles. I've seen a a few with three people fighting uh, that took thirty, forty, you know, sometimes almost an hour for somebody to beat one of these things. Cause they're just some of the boss battles. They're just dudes that are bullet sponges and you just shoot them forever. And yeah, that's, it seems like a, a really, really, really boring game. <laughs> so, Oh, so there's the MMO element. To it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Where it takes forever to defeat the boss. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, Maybe it's, it's kind of staying there. Yeah. It just doesn't feel all that <laughs> revolutionary. Like it, it, I mean, it plays like a game that was really expensive to make. Like, it looks gorgeous, and it's it handles beautifully, and all the shooting mechanics and stuff are all wonderful. Uh, and you're forgetting the biggest problem with it. Which is? It's T for teen. <laughs> there you go. There's no violence in this game. Uh, it, there's, there's not a lot in it for me. I mean, there's... For I mean, for the people, uh, for the people who really dig the whole, you know, let's load up with the best shit we can find and then go into multiplayer and go haywire. Um, it might appeal to some of those people for sure. Um, so it might appeal to you, Aaron, a little bit. I'm not sure, but nah, you, you, you had me with Dinklage, then you lost me with the bullet sponges, and I was I checked right out on that one. Yeah, bullet sponge bosses. I mean, there's a there's a couple of them that are just insane. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not my thing. I, I would, I would prefer decreased, I would prefer decreased mechanics or, you know, whatever in favor of, in favor of a thicker story. I mean, Halo, uh, I mean, this game makes Halo look like, you know, fucking Shakespeare by comparison. <laughs> uh, and Halo was a very basic story. It was not like some complex story either, but it did tell a story and it did vary the gameplay somewhat. This doesn't tell 
Uh, this tells like the most loose story humanly possible to just tie shit together. And uh, at the end of the day, it uh, uh, it doesn't even offer a variety of gameplay. It's it's the same mission over and over again, which, uh, yeah, that I don't know. I don't, I don't know how anybody can enjoy that game. It seems very tedious, but uh, it's got it's got its fans or whatever. I mean, maybe it's just, it's just the people that have like, look, I've believed the hype for so long and I spent 60. Sometimes people are spending upwards of $90 or more for the special editions. and They just in their minds have to make it work. Like, I enjoy this game. Fuck you if you say other... Like, I've spent a lot of money, so of course I'm going to enjoy this game. Uh, <laughs> that's how I... That's that's my fear every year a WWE game comes out. Like, I'm terrified. I'm spending the money on it, but then I'm I'm petrified that I'm not going to end up liking it. And then feel... God, they used to be so fun. Um, And the Nintendo 64 era? Yes, I would agree. Yeah, No Mercy might be the greatest wrestling game ever made on N64. Um, I mean, there's a couple of games that came out on PlayStation... Two, I want to say. Yeah, there was one no, on wait. two that I really enjoyed. Wrestling games have not been good since No Mercy on N sixty four. Well, they did. They did. I don't know. I would disagree. I think they did. Um, I think the whatever the SmackDown game was that focused on Brock Lesnar, I think was pretty pretty decent. Here comes the. <laughs> I love No Mercy because Spike Dudley could power bomb friggin' the Big Show. Oh, that, like it, was that is... it was fantastic. <laughs> that is true. Well, I mean, you can do that on the games now. Like last year's game doesn't have any weight detection on it, so you can. You really? can do shit like that. Yeah, you can have, like, Rey Mysterio doing, you know, like, the most ridiculous shit to Big Show or Great Kali if you wanted to, so. You mean, like, winning the world title? Ridiculous shit like that? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not David Arquette, okay? <laughs> right. Wow, we, Glenn dug in with a deep cut reference as well. That's well done, sir. Uh, but, yeah, the I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the new game. Uh, the new game looks like it's going to be good, but I felt that way about last year's game as well, and. Um, I, I will say that was $60, not particularly well spent. Are you going to see a WSCM punk? Like as soon as you get, get the game or what? Am I going to what? You're going to create a wrestler, like to create a CM punk. Like as soon as you get the game or what? Oh no, I don't have to. He's in the game. Oh, is he? I thought yeah. they were pulling him. Yeah, no, they're not, they're not going to pull him. Uh, cause he was, um, <laughs> this is what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, there's not a lot to talk about. On a movie podcast this week. Um, no, he... Um, hey, we're talking video games. They're good. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, so fuck off, haters. Uh, the, the, he's uh, he's complaining about uh, likeness rights, right? Like he's not getting royalty checks. Oh. Um, uh, he's saying, I deserve them. And WWE is now saying, well, you breached your contract, so you don't get any uh, uh, you know, royalties or whatever. And uh, they had already started production on the game while he was still under contract. Uh, so yeah, this isn't like a thing about they're using his likeness without his permission. Right. This is the thing where he's like, you're using my likeness. So I want the royalties. Um, and you know, so that's what it really boils down to. I don't think they're going to remove him from the game. I know they like very quickly sold all of his remaining merchandise they had on the website. I know they did that uh, <laughs> just so this way they, they, I mean, they were selling shit cheap. Uh, like there was some necklace that was like 25 cents and shit like that. Like they just discounted the shit out of everything. Uh, so, so this way he gets the fewest royalties possible if he wins right. the case, which is Damn, such a, which is dude. such a dick move. But you know, that's what happens when you so piss WWE off. WWE is now the NCAA. Yeah, you can't guess. fuck with the Fed, man. Holy shit! I guess they are the yes, they are the NCAA of uh, of, uh, of pretend wrestling. of pretend sports. Yes, um, the uh, oh wait, you tell me that the NCAA isn't pretend? Oh, it could be for all I know. Yeah, 
That's how the BCS. I would, I would argue uh, at UFC as well. There you go. And football, probably. That's what I'm going with anyway. That's my excuse for the why, why the Lions never fucking win anything. Man, uh, motherfuckers. It's, it's just a, it's, it's all being worked, Aaron. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like the 50-year storyline they've been sticking to. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a... They're the goddamn Brooklyn brawler of fucking professional football. <laughs> talk, about, talk about a slow burn, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're really... I mean, they gave, the long we gave all, like, false hope in the 90s with Barry Sanders, and just whenever y'all could do it, you know, they, they take him away from you by retiring. Yeah, it's definitely a long con. It's exactly the same with Calvin, too, yeah. man. He's eventually just going to say, fuck it, and then, you know, then that's it. We're screwed. Right. Uh, Batman vs. Superman Batmobile pictures leaked uh, from some dusty alley in the middle of Detroit somewhere. Um, this could have been the actual model uh, taken apart by hoodlums, as Ben Knight would put it. Um, it looked pretty <laughs> dusty and beaten up, and then uh, Zack Snyder took to the Twitter machine and said, no, this is what the Batmobile looks like. Uh, and as Glenn was was noting off air, it looks an awful lot like the uh, the, the Batmobile from the the uh, the next Arkham game as well. Uh, what, what did you guys... God, it looked like a screenshot. Like it, it did. It kind even of, had, didn't the, it? Like the tires that are on there are they're they're separated. They got the crease in the middle, right. um, which is exactly what they have in the new Arkham game. It, it's got a giant fucking cannon on it with other guns that aren't lethal um, somehow. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, so yeah, it, I don't, it, it I don't know if like, I don't know if they just kind of conspired together and was like, Hey, let's try and tie this shit in. I don't know. Which would be fired, cool. I was going to say it fires bat shark repellent, perhaps uh, just a, a spray, a mist spray. Perhaps, uh, but no. I mean, to me, I don't know. Aaron, did it? Uh, have you seen both? Have you seen the the comparative pictures of these vehicles? Oh yeah, yeah. That, I that. mean, do you, do you think it's the same vehicle? I mean, it looks like based on the shit they've got around the tires, uh, it looks like it's the same vehicle, just from different points in production or whatever. Well, by points in production, I mean one is clearly a pre-production photo shoot picture, and uh, the other one clearly looks like it was it's being used in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, I was pretty much right there with you guys when I saw them, it's like, yeah, these, you know, it's a bit, it works, it's a good design, why not, you know, it's uh, not quite the, the Nolan Tumblr, not quite the uh, the Burton Slick Willie ride, so it's, uh, you know, it works. Right. Um, I'm gonna, let me see here. I mean, I like bat tanks, I mean, those that that's my preference, I mean, if you're gonna defend a city, um, I feel like it'd be, you'd be much more successful at it with a tank versus a Corvette, so... Oh sure, yeah, yeah. But the Corvette looks so goddamn awesome, man. Oh, I, I hey, I didn't say it would look cooler. I'm just saying, like, tactically, it makes sense. It's just like, you know, a lot of people complain that you know they give him all black instead of like blue and gray, and I'm like, well, he's not a fucking shark. He's not in the ocean. You know, you don't need to have some seal that's gonna look up and see that he matches with it. Like, if you're gonna be in city at night, you probably should be using black, not blue. Right. But I don't know. I have a I have a question. Can we go with a question? Fuck no. yeah, man. Okay. This is a, this is this is a halfway. This is a better question than what do you think of destiny? Because we think nothing. What, of what this do you thing. think your destiny is? We think I don't know. Perhaps <laughs> that is an interesting question. <laughs> perhaps somebody will somebody will do this. This is from uh, this is from John Toff, and I do not know where he is from. Uh, but he is asking Sounds with. English. Sounds what? Sounds English. 
Oh, perhaps. I'm, I'm not sure. Ben says there's a lot of people, uh, the Manchester Phoenix fans that listen to the podcast all the time. So, hello. Bullshit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So for them, they have to pay like, they have to pay. I don't, they don't use euros there. They use pounds. So they have to pay sure. with the, the British money there, not the American dollar. And by the way, yes. Uh, in and case it, people, in case people are wondering, uh, Ben as Ben has already patroned us. So you can, uh, you can, uh, use Patreon if you are overseas as well. So yeah, no, Aaron, I'm telling you, man, Ben, Ben insists that there are people uh, that uh, because of our our spreading love to the Manchester Phoenix folks, not only did a lot of them end up liking our Facebook page, but apparently a lot of them listen to the podcast. Oh, uh, good on you, Manchester. On a fairly what do they basis, think? Yeah. What do they think about us? They think we're a bunch of dumb yanks. Uh, you know what? The I, first I would say so. <laughs> uh, honestly, the first time I talked to Ben, the one of the first things I had to mention was. Uh, this this thought that uh, uh, Americans have about the British accent, about how uh, how intelligent it sounds and how sophisticated and how smart it sounds. Uh, uh, so it's like growing up my whole life thinking that I can only assume that I sound like the biggest idiot to you. And uh, he he insists that at least the Midwestern American accent, uh, he said he says anyway, according to some Brits, sounds glamorous to them. And the Western American accent. Yeah, yeah, he's like not the east, wow. not the full, not the full East Coast or not the South. Right. Like, so just essentially just how we sound. Yeah, 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 like us. Oh, uh, okay, like hearing a boot every once in a while because you, you kind of you guys let that slide in and every so often. Maybe we're just that classic American. Like you know, if they were to imitate an American, <laughs> they would try talking like us. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I tell you what, like doing that bo- that podcast with him was a lot of fun. But I didn't want to talk. It was almost like. You know, talking to someone like he's got that that rich, thick voice, and then that accent—it's like talking to Dumbledore. You know what I mean? Like you don't even want to speak; you just want to sit there <laughs> and have him, you know, yeah. take you on adventures. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I always felt I, I always felt out of place as well because we're talking about Doctor Who with him, and that's a obviously a very British show. And when we're right. talking about a British show and a British person is talking, we're like, "Shh!" Somebody who knows more about the show than I do is talking, just based on the accent alone. I could talk to somebody from England who has never fucking watched that show and would assume that they just know more (laughs) about the show than I do. Uh, It'd it'd be like someone from Wales trying to tell us about the Dukes of Hazzard. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, come on. I know what I'm talking about. They're very leery about it, of course, yes. Uh, Okay, so John Toff's question is... um, Is it, of this, all shows, Dukes of Hazard. It seemed the most American, man. I don't know. It just came to me. <laughs> especially the, especially that reboot movie as well. Uh, it's oh. hard to get more American than that. Um, who? Oh, God damn it! Oh. <laughs> uh, John's question. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about something that brings joy into our lives, and not the Dukes of Hazard reboot film. Um, okay, so basically, what he's wondering is, since Guardians of the Galaxy took off. Uh, big at the at the box office because uh, i i think this he's making a point that i think we've maybe talked about before in the past or at least no you know what i know for a fact glenn and i touched on it um either on the podcast or or off air about how we think that you know that was you know kind of an obscure comic even for some comic fans and oh yeah now those characters have exploded i'm sure the books are gonna sell a whole lot better than they used to um and i think those uh, basically what john is asking is um, with some of the other uh, Marvel mainstays kind of looking like their tenure may be coming close to an end, could we actually see the Guardians of the Galaxy push to a more prominent role, even though in comic book canon they really aren't that prominent? Uh, but because of their more mainstream attention now, 
Do you think you could see them being pushed into a more prominent role in future movies? Aaron, I'll start with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, especially just given what they were able to do, you know, I don't know that if the Avengers would have just come out as the Avengers, just cold like that, if it would have been as as successful as, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was. And definitely Guardians of the Galaxy benefited a lot from, you know, Marvel's history of, of putting out fantastic movies. But, I mean, this movie just hit so many right notes. I mean, yeah, it, uh, it they'd be foolish not to make this the centerpiece of, you know, phase three. So, I mean, I, I'd expect to see these guys at the forefront uh, for the next few years, definitely. Uh, what about you, Glenn? I mean, do you see them taking a... I mean, I, and obviously we're going to have to see... I, I don't think the first movie is going to prove to be a fluke at all. I think the second movie is probably also going to do very well also. But um, presuming all of that goes according to plan, is this, you know, do you see them pushing them into a, a more major role? I mean, we already talked about Robert Downey Jr. might be stepping back for a while, maybe permanently. Uh, and I know that obviously, uh, you know, Steve Rogers' contract... Uh, Chris Evans is going to be coming to a close fairly soon. That's uh, right. Oh, Bucky will be taking that one over. Right. Uh, or, or, or or they can give it to Falcon, too, and they give it to Falcon they in could. the comic book. So. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, do you see, uh, you know, Chris Pratt and company maybe taking a larger a larger role in the in the Marvel franchises going forward? All right. Fair warning. This is get long-winded. And before we start on any of it. Um, <laughs> Take a deep breath. I, I'm really upset. Uh, personally, I'm upset that. Sebastian Stan will probably most likely be taking up the mantle of being the next Captain America mm-hmm. uh, because he was so amazing in Once Upon a Time. Uh, he's in like four <laughs> episodes as the Mad Hatter. And he's really good. And like whenever he got cast as Bucky Barnes and is like, oh, fuck. Like, and even the creators of the show are like, yeah, we love him. But like he's a movie star now and we can't use him. We definitely should have made him a series regular. Like, yeah, you fucking should have done that. <laughs> Um, you can hear Glenn rant more about this on Sons Upon a Time, the Sons <laughs> yeah. of Anarchy, uh, Upon a Time Weekly Premium Podcast crossover that may or may never happen. So, yeah. You know what you, uh, you guys should do it as soon as Ron Perlman guest stars on Once Upon a Time. <laughs> oh my goodness, there you go. Uh, I feel like he could, uh, even though we've they've already casted the Beast. He, I, I'm sure he could be someone else. Uh, uh, but uh, no, okay, so... With him taking up the mantle and with the success of Guardians and, you know, there's always the sequel rule. So as much money as this movie made this first go around and word of mouth, and I'm sure it's going to sell really well with DVDs. It's going to have a lot of staying power as far as distribution goes. So the sequel, let's say what, right now worldwide, it's 600 million. I'm not going to say a billion, but definitely 850 million. And I think a lot of this has to go with – how well Jurassic World works out, um, which still right. there's just so many rumors of how that movie is going to be. Was how well that movie is with Chris Pratt. I mean, that just takes him up to the next level. Um, oh no, he's there, man. He's a he's a goddamn leading man now after Guardians. Oh, I know, but I'm saying like that's the difference between like him being Jennifer Lawrence and him being Robert Downey Jr. I mean, that's <laughs> I mean Jennifer Lawrence or even like Robert Pattinson. Their franchise movies, like his Guardian movies, are going to make a shit ton of money. Right. Now, if he goes off and tries to do something else, um, like single, you know, films that aren't made for, you know, designed to have sequels to them, right. how much money can they make? Um, and, you know, he could just enter in that next Robert Downey Jr. where he's just, he's in it, it's going to make money. Or 
right. I guess to some extent, like Christian Bale, like a lot of even something like American Hustle, you know, made over a hundred million. Uh, you know, just something like that. He could just be in that next level of, you know, dollar for dollar, he's the star you want in your film. Uh, so with that being said, like, I'm not saying the next Guardians make like a billion, but if it did like 850, like, well, that's still an increase. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, and it could probably, it could easily do that. It's it's about yeah. 611 million right now. And, and it uh, just opened uh, in Japan today, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, whatever the sequel does and if, you know, Jurassic World that comes out next summer, you're, you know, maybe Marvel will feel comfortable. They'll be like, we don't need you, Robert Downey Jr. You want that $50 million payday. We don't need you to do it. And right. I mean, they've done it in the past, so it, I wouldn't put it past them because they've also been known as being a very frugal company, mm-hmm. uh, even when they started making the money. So, I mean, yeah, I could very well see it being taken in that place. And also, I mean, that's just the ebb and flow of anything, especially in comics. I mean, you look in the 40s, everyone always thinks of Superman being the biggest, and it was really Captain Marvel Shazam was the most popular character. Right. As time goes on, it fades, and just like any character, whoever the fans go to, they'll boost him up. I mean, look at Deadpool. I mean, he's just exploded just because people love him so much, where he was just kind of a middling character for, what, 15 years? And then now yeah. he's, you know, kind of like, you know, the big thing. Just like Punisher, you know, had his time. Venom, Spawn. Like, so these things rotate, and definitely Guardians, you know, having a very successful movie, I mean, they'll definitely put them at the forefront, I'm sure, on the even the, the comic book front. I mean, they've already talked about how they're redoing the title for it, so... Right. As far as the comic series. So, yeah, it's, it's very possible. Um, okay, so the the last story, because... Uh, but the key thing is that we want Sebastian Stan not to be Captain America, so he can be on Once Upon a Time. Yes, I'm sure Aaron would wholeheartedly agree with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eat a dick, Glenn. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> the um I can't believe this managed to work, but you guys were you guys were brilliant as usual. You're like, let's throw in some go digging for some questions. We've we've managed to hit the forty-four minute mark. And I think with this last story and uh talking about the box office and movies that are coming out this weekend, we may we may in fact just uh <laughs> just crawl and scratch our way and slug people through this episode of the podcast, uh forcefully so. Uh, so yeah, last story, uh, last story came out a couple days ago. Uh, Andrew Garfield was doing, uh, an interview for the daily beast and he was talking about a lot of shit. Uh, according to the headline here, he's talking about the evils of capitalism, the hacking scandal and, uh, criticisms of Spider-Man two, which is where we're coming in on this. Uh, so basically this is, this is his. Uh, this is his quote uh, in the article about Amazing Spider-Man 2. He says, For me, I read the script that Alex Kurtman, Kurtzman and Bob Orsi wrote, and I genuinely loved it. There was a thread running through it. I think uh, that's got to be a pun, right? A, yeah. thread, a thread running through it. But rim, rim job for Andrew Garfield. Uh, I think, it. Indeed. I think what happened was through the pre-production, production, and post-production, when you have something that works as a whole, then you start removing portions of it because it was, uh, because what was there even more, because there was even more of what there was in the final cut and everything was related. Once you start removing things and saying, no, that doesn't work. Then the thread is broken, and it's hard to go with the flow of that story. Certain people at the studio had problems with certain parts of it, and ultimately the studio has the final say in those movies because they're the tent poles. so you have to answer to those people. Uh, so there you go. He, he's Single-handedly, he's 
wrapped up Sony in a, in a web and picked it up and hurled it under a bus. Uh, <laughs> he's basically I, saying, I, I you don't like that thread, movie, you blame I think Sony. The, of the story he was talking about was connected to a tampon because that movie sucked shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they could have... Look, their their problem from the beginning was doing what Spider-Man 3 did, which was trying to introduce... to. I mean, they they... I think they handled it in this movie better than they handled it in Spider-Man 3, but that's it, still too much to overcome for one movie. I don't care what they had. If he's saying we needed more, there was more plot that had to be taken out, then you're just talking about a much longer movie full of too many villains, and it's just... Uh, and we've seen all the, all the deleted scenes by now. It There's not, you know, there's no fucking... <laughs> there's no goddamn movie there, man. I don't... Well, I mean, he's. I, also, I, I think uh, this guy, like you know, he's obviously just defensive because I mean, you know, he, he obviously he feels productive about being Spider Man now. But I mean, it's. Sure. I don't. I don't think it's working out for him. I think his his hair worked uh, for the first one, but it's not enough to carry a second movie. It, <laughs> well, look, I don't know, man. I don't even have a problem with him. I, I he's really <laughs> talented. I I didn't even have a problem with him in the movies. Like he's he's not the biggest issue in those movies. Uh, right. me at all. In fact, most of the casting is not really an issue. It's it's what they're doing with the story, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Glenn, is this just a, a, a just a, a big surprise that Sony doesn't handle the Marvel properties as well as Marvel would have? Yeah, probably. I mean, okay, so like, um, the deleted scenes, those have like the Mary Jane Watson scenes that they like completely deleted out of the movie. Like, are those in there as well? I mean, uh, you're talking I, I, haven't about, seen, like, I haven't seen those yet. Okay. Because, you know, you're talking about, like, it, it's very Spider-Man 3. I mean, that's what they went with the get-go, you know, yeah. uh, throwing in, you know, Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane, except, I guess, roles are reversed where he's going to, you know, uh, and he, if he left, he would have left Mary Jane for Gwen. And then this one, he would have done, you know, the way it's supposed to be, sure. uh, her head being bashed in and then him finding a hot redhead. Uh, but my other thing is, like, you know, like you see the trailers for Guardians, and there was a lot you could tell that was taken out of the movie, uh, as far as going from the trailers. But when yeah. you watched the movie, you felt like you didn't miss anything. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just all about having a good editor. I mean, you can take a shit ton out of a movie, and it, you could still have a movie there, or you could do what you do with Kingdom of Heaven and take out the first twenty minutes of a movie, <laughs> and you're completely. Uh, I have no context as to why he wanted to set this priest on fire. Right. Uh, and so it's just like you could, you know, there's there's a couple ways to oh, look man. at it. Spoiler oh. alert. <laughs> oh, uh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's just I, I feel like, yeah, he probably is a little butthurt and uh, rightfully so, because they turned out a garbage movie. And uh, I, don't, I don't I mean, we I don't even think it would necessarily them taking out the scenes. I think the thing we've all complained about is the tone of the movie was just so jaded. Uh, Weird. That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just so back and forth and how really Max Dillon isn't a bad guy. He just really needed to go to a hospital. Yeah, he was like well, I mean, someone who's bipolar, man. I mean, it was like a jerk. Like, he kind of looked like a bully. Like, it wasn't even. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that Electro completely came out of a Joel Schumacher Batman movie as well. Uh, <laughs> doesn't help at all. I mean, in the in the age where we've got, you know, the the origin stories that have been competently put together to you know even the ones that are a little more laughable they still made work better this one was just like you know i i felt like you know 
Kurtzman and Orsi binge watched the fucking Schumacher Batman movies. I'm like, you know what? There's not enough of villain origin stories like that anymore. <laughs> we need we need more of that Edward Nigma uh, origin story type shit. So much so they're going to have their own spinoff film. <laughs> they, I know the Sinister Six picture. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I was thinking more Poison Ivy because you know she oh, is a man. doctor who falls into a or I guess gets chemicals and snakes. <laughs> right. And plants pushed onto her, yeah. and because her 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 bosses, her supervisors don't respect her, um, and she's you know just a little little different than everybody, and then comes out and, and is godlike. I mean, I, I, I feel mean, like yeah, that would be more Basi- accurate description. Basically, it felt like he was uh, the Electro character was a a comic book character that came out of the time before they movie studios knew how to get it get the balance right uh, for how to how to do. Uh, a proper comic book movie that appealed to a, a wide audience and was also effective. Uh, it, you know, it didn't feel, I mean, those movies were definitely way over the top comic booky for sure. Uh, but they, they did not hold up well over time. Like I, I know there's a, there's just a shit ton of classic 1960s Adam West Batman fans out there, but you know, the, they just, they, they don't age well. Uh, you know, Star Trek, the original series has not aged well. Uh, there's, there's some stuff that just, uh, that doesn't hold up all that well. And, uh, I, you know, obviously we're treading on more dangerous ground, but you know, I feel like some of the more modern comic book movies aren't, I don't want to say evergreen, like they're always going to be looked at as, you know, these are timeless, but I think they are going to hold up a little bit better than say like Batman and Robin did, uh, for sure. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know. It could be, that could be a controversial stance. I don't know, but, uh. Yeah, I'm that Batman and Robin hasn't held up over time. Uh, let me see here. What else do we? I mean, <laughs> it didn't get worse. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> yeah, they they did get worse. It's called Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. There there was a Green Lantern. Um, yeah. yeah, that didn't hold up very well. You know, Electra, you know the movie that Aaron didn't even know happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I still haven't seen it, so I mean, I'm not entirely sure you guys aren't making that up. Still. So. Oh no, it is definitely a real. It is definitely a real. Film. <laughs> I wish I was making it up, so I get Uwe Boll to make it. But no, this happened. I'm never gonna fucking watch it. I'm sorry. That just I'm drawing the line. Just just Don't. watch just watch a few seasons of Alias, and it's just the same. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the the weekend box office. Um, we actually got a, a solid weekend box office this week. Um, number five, let's be cops. Shall we it fell from number three to number five, uh, did an impressive $4.3 million. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is hanging on, man. It's, uh, it went, it went up to number two and fell back down to number four again. It did $4.8 million. That movie, by the way, has, uh, I'm guessing underperformed. I mean, it's the production budget was 125 million and it's done 319 million. So it's, you know, it's done better business than it costs to make, but I I have to imagine that. What's that Glenn? They're merchandising. Like I know their toys have been selling really well. That's gotta be it. Cause the movie, the, that number for the movie has to be a bit of an underperformance, I think for me, but uh, guardians of the galaxy finally got knocked out of its number one spot. It fell to number three, uh, but still made eight million dollars this last weekend. Wow! Um, so it is still chugging along. Th- I mean, that movie really has fucking legs on it. Um, I mean, it wasn't speeding through everything. It wasn't tearing it up, doing thirty and forty million a weekend. But it was doing a steady pace of, 
you know, staying close to 20 million, it felt like, um, yeah, for like three weeks is at least yeah. over 15. I mean, that's yeah. It just how you make your money. Um, <laughs> dolphin tail Two debuted at number two guardians of the galaxy dethroned by Morgan Freeman and a crippled dolphin. Oh, and uh, Harry Connick jr. Let's not forget the great talents of Harry Connick jr. And Harry, Harry Connick jr. Of course. Um, who is best wow. remembered? Who is best? Who is best remembered <laughs> for exploding in a jet during Independence Day? I would say, um, as anybody who flew on planes after 1997 or eight uh, for Hope Floats, I think every airplane I was on, I saw him and Sandra Bullock and Hope Floats at least ten times. I've I've seen them on an airplane, so. I feel like that's how we, he should be remembered as know. the ultimate airline movie. From <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I keep thinking of him from Independence Day. I don't know. Hashtag Jimmy No. Uh, 16. <laughs> 16.5 million <laughs> is, uh, is what? 16. I don't know what I'm tweeting for the next fucking week. <laughs> Jimmy No! So could that be tied in with French, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Like whenever his dad leaves him? Could you just insert that monologue of like how he hates his father with Jimmy leaving him, like blown up? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to talk about how like everybody remembers all the lyrics to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. That's uh, for me. That's that that scene. I, I almost remember everything from that, where he's like, "Don't do something crazy." Uh, you know me. That's what I'm talking about. Ah, Jimmy, no. Yeah, that's the whole scene. But um, actually, I think he says. Actually, I think he shouts Jimmy a few times before he explodes, and then Jimmy no. Uh, Sixteen point five. Like he tells him no after he exploded, though. It's like that's oh, a little yeah. late. Yeah, it's, it's kind of late. Maybe if he had told him no before he exploded, he would have been like, "Oh, okay." Perhaps well, if you, you said no, now I can't. Perhaps if you started with no, yeah, yeah, he should have led with no. Instead, he was just might still have Jimmy. Instead, he was just like Jimmy, you better not. And then he explodes, and he's like, "Fuck you, Jimmy." Uh, Jimmy no. Sixteen point five million for Dolphin Tail too. <laughs> <laughs> with Independence Day's Harry Connick Jr. Um, and Chris Christopherson <laughs> is in that movie as well. Jesus Christ. Wait, he's not dead? No, he's not, man. He's uh, he's uh, he's rocking that dolphin healing, whatever is he it is. Playing, is he playing the handicapped dolphin? Is that what Chris Christopherson's doing? Uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, I believe that role went to Ashley Judd, who was also in this film. Oh, beautiful. Oh, her, her, her skin's about as, uh, as I, I, don't know if, I don't know if dolphins are leathery, <laughs> But definitely, like, that sliminess to it. Okay, so Chris Christopherson, like, okay, so is he the guy who helps heal the dolphin? Because if he heals the dolphin, like, does he just transfer his energy of not being able to die in the Blade series to him? Because, um... Sure, yeah. That's right. I don't... I don't... I That's one plot hole I never quite figured out. This is one I of those... I always remember Chris Christopherson fondly from Pee-wee's Big Top. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, oh, and what's that one movie where he's like in the tub? I think it's Barbra Streisand that he's jumping <laughs> from behind in that tub. I can't remember what movie it is. It's from the seventies. Wow! Yeah. Now I'm terrified. I don't want to know. Um, but uh, hey, a cinema, yeah. a cinema Geekly, congratulations to Mr. Idris Elba, whose uh, movie oh, No yeah. Good Deed was the number one movie at the box office this week. I got to go see this movie, man. It looks awesome. Uh, with a production budget of $13.2 million, it did. Oh, good for him. It did $24.5 million opening weekend. Uh, so congrats to him. He's also the producer on this picture, so it sounds like uh, one of those. He's making some money on this yeah, one. Yeah, one of those movies that he really wanted to do as well. So uh, oh, Good I, for him. And we like, we like Idris Elba on here. Love that guy. Luther is amazing. It's awesome at the wire. And Luther, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so kudos. And 
So fuck Charlie's there on in that first act of uh, Prometheus. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's not doing well critically. Uh, the answer to that is no, it's not. Uh, but there's only 26 reviews, but there it, it, it is not. It's it's a it's a 12 percent on Rotten Tomatoes with 26 reviews. Uh, so if you can do your math, that's uh, three positive a, reviews. A 13 million dollar budget. And how much did they make? Uh, 24.5 million. On oh that. yeah, they could give a fuck about a 12 percent. Oh yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> oh, they don't they're care. gonna make a sequel to it. Yeah, they don't care about the the critics. Right. right. Um, yeah. they're, they're, the the critics are, however, saying it's dull, derivative, and generally uninspired. So essentially, this is the destiny of movies this weekend uh, has arrived, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh, but instead of Peter Dinklage, you've got Idris Elba, who is probably trying very hard in this movie, uh, at the very least. Uh, oh, I, a... to, I honestly wanted to see it. The the trailer has me has me sucked in. Yeah, I mean, and he's and he's awesome. So yeah, he is. Some sometimes movies that critics think are shit sometimes are, are are not so much or or the critics just don't get it uh, or it could be a movie that's just so bad it's good you never know you never know it's a mixed bag sometimes I, I would consider us critics so there you, you know, go we, had, we may end up liking this movie um, the uh, I think the uh, I'm trying to look at what's open. do they have a score for Walk Among the Tombstones up yet no because I that looks oh intriguing. yeah yes, I can see how it could be really bad. But I could see where it could also be very good. Uh, yeah, that's one of the movies that that's opening this weekend uh, with Liam Neeson Ooh. in it, uh, called A Walk Among the Tombstones. It has not been released for critical review yet, which oh. is usually not a good sign. But yeah. they still have a couple of days to do it. Right, and it's but not. I, always... I, but I doubt you know Taken Two was released for you know the critics. <laughs> right, right, and and it's not always it's not always a sign. Um, sometimes it's it's usually a sign. Uh, but not always, not, it's not always a sign. Um, the movie also has, um, uh, a bunch of people of not particularly great note, but Mark Consuelos is in it. So if you're a big fan of Kelly Ripa, uh, her husband is in this movie. So there you huh. go. Uh, <laughs> for all you Kelly Ripa fans that listen to the Cinema Geekly fucking podcast. Um, let me see here. Uh, another wide release. This is where I leave you. That's another wide release. With uh, Jason Bateman, Tina Fey. Oh, yeah, this uh, looks pretty good. Adam Driver, Jane Fonda, Rose Byrne, Byron, Byron, um, Timothy Elephant, uh, Ben Schwartz, Dax Shepard. Yeah, fuck fuck you, man. Your your name's Elephant to me, sir. (laughs) Timothy Elephant. The Uh, older brother of Josh Duhamel. Yes. Uh, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty talented cast. Um, yeah, not but, uh, that well, critically. Not, um, yeah, it's split right now. It's, uh, oh, are they bashing it? No, no, it's it's split right now. Um, it's fifty percent even. So, there, and there's no consensus. There's only fourteen reviews. So it's gonna, um, it's gonna go up and down a little bit. Right. Um, and of course, it looks like what the what is being pegged for the big release is the Maze Runner, which is yet another. Uh, Hunger Games meets Divergent, meets <coughs> The Running Man meets Logan's Run meets whatever the fuck they're doing this week with uh, those movies. Put a teen in a situation where he's got to run around and not die. That's uh, that's what's going on, Aaron, with this movie. Um, you looking you looking forward to this Maze movie? Uh, n- no. I now that now that I know it's it's coming out, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Um. Yeah, it's um Is anybody in it? 
Uh, I am um, looking for the biggest name that I recognize. Uh, Patricia Clarkson might be the biggest name that I recognize. Wow. On that uh, on that list, we're having problems, by the way, with Glenn. Glenn is Glenn is disappearing from the pod. I, I think we could probably skip the Maze Runner that it, Patricia Clarkson's the the biggest draw. Yeah, Jesus dear. Yeah, she's the uh, the biggest name in the movie that I'm aware of. It's starring Dylan O'Brien apparently as the Maze Runner. Oh, okay. Um, I'm guessing no relation to Conan O'Brien. Perhaps I don't. Glenn, are you interested in this Maze movie? Um, no, I I don't. No, it, it doesn't look that amazing to me. I mean, if there's like a giant, if they kind of, if they throw in the uh, Minotaur from that really stupid Danny McBride movie, Your Highness, there you go. Uh, then I might be interested in it. Um, yeah, I mean, I was telling Aaron while, while and it could just were, be a metaphor for pedophilia. But. While you were while you were battling the internet, I was telling Aaron that the, <laughs> the biggest name person in this movie that I can see is Patricia Clarkson. Uh, and that did not bode well for for Aaron's uh, desire to see this film. Was nope, there some kid in like know. Red States? Um, uh, not that I'm seeing in the cast list oh, okay. here. And then there's um, the the kid, like the nerdy kid, uh, from Where the Millers, the one that has like the most envious scene I can think of in the la- in the recent years, uh, uh, with uh, Emma Roberts and and Jennifer Aniston. Is I know he's like one of the main people in it. I can't remember. He's kind of gingerly looking. I don't really know his name. Right. Um, I mean, there's Thomas Sangster and Will Poulter and all these, all these young kids that I've, I've never heard of before. Oh, the really annoying cousin from one of those Chronicles of Narnia movies is, is yeah, probably. Movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I think the main star is, uh, is Dylan slash Conan O'Brien, uh, whose previous credits include the first time and the internship. So yeah, uh, which by the oh, way, really Google movie. Yeah, which by the way, we would have given positive reviews to Google uh, the internship movie if Google had paid us to do it. We would have totally sold out and uh, yeah. taken I mean, the money and given it a positive just review. Just like Vince for Vaughn sure. sold out like fifteen years ago. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say just like Vince Vaughn, <laughs> just like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson were like. I can't this. say Owen Wilson sold out because he still you know makes those and- Wes Anderson movies so. Like he, oh, he yeah, tries yeah. the independent roots every four years, but you make yeah, the money the is... the money movie, then you make the art movie. Sure, yeah, yeah the the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon way of things. Yeah, I mean he does uh, <laughs> he does the uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, and then he does Squirrels to the Nuts. Is a movie he has in his upcoming movie list. Is that Matt Damon? You said? Um, no, Owen Wilson. Oh, Squirrels to the Nuts. Nuts. Yeah, which I thought was going to be some sort of animated comedy, but I guess it's not. Uh, but he was in Freebirds, which was an animated comedy. Uh, but then his movie right before that was Midnight in Paris. So yeah, he's, what a, what an eclectic... <laughs> Glenn, you're uh, going to have to do some sort of Owen Wilson blog, man, because he's the the shit he moves from. He did, uh, he did, um, he did Midnight in Paris... And then he did, which is Fre- so good. That is one of my favorite movies. And then he did Freebirds in a row. He did Freebirds, The Internship, and Night at the Museum: Secret of the Tomb. And then did Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> I mean, what a what a crazy what a crazy list. I mean, I have a Kurt Russell one that's just sitting there that I haven't finished yet. So what Kurt Russell one? Um, what? my Kurt Russell autobiography. 
he's doing a Kurt Russell autobiography blog, kind of in the way that you did that. Is it kind of in the way that you did the um the John Voight one? Yeah, yeah the John Voight blog. I didn't even know that Kurt like... Russell wrote an autobiography. I gotta read that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't even know why I didn't finish it. I'm like, I think I made it up into the nineties with Kurt Russell. What's so, the name of the book? No, I no, You know, that John Voight thing I did like over a year ago. Where oh, I did John okay, Voight's guy. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah, what I did okay, with Kurt yeah, Russell. Yeah. yeah where so, he wrote, yeah, just, yeah. Where he wrote a biography based on his weird. Yeah, I, I, got it. I, I, I kept throwing auto in, in front of biography and I was like, God damn. It's like, I don't want to that book. Son. I, I do want to, yeah, I was going to say, I do want to read a Kurt Russell biography. No, oh, like six chapters of having sex with Goldie Hawn. That'll be interesting. <laughs> and doing Coke. Uh, so we went from a podcast with nothing to talk about and nothing to do. And we've actually overshot the time by six minutes. We are the the masters of of podcast production, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't know how we manage it every single week, but we somehow we we do it for you. I think is what it ultimately boils down to. We're just desperate. We're desperate for your money. We're starving for it because, uh, as you can tell, Aaron's still in desperate need of a new microphone, and Glenn's literally using his phone right now. Uh, so yeah, please just just cough your your spare change, wipe those crumbs from the dinner table that is your wallet. Down onto down onto us, please. We're, we're begging you at this point. Just uh, just a dollar a month. There you go. I guess we could have summed it up that way instead of sounding so incredibly desperate and sad. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> for, for a dollar a month. Oh, we should, you know what we could do? Yeah, we could, Aaron. We could just WWE network the shit out of this thing for just <laughs> one zero zero a month. <laughs> well, I was yeah. thinking more like the guy who like helped these help feed these children oh, and he's wearing like a rolex watch like that guy i was thinking more like gonna, that yeah we, we we talked about those sarah mclaughlin commercials we may just film one with us <laughs> yeah we're just gonna film aaron and glenn and i looking really sad into a camera and just ask you for your money with that song playing in the background i mean the only food i have right now is ramen noodle so there i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> to the eyes of an angel. Glenn needs your help, everyone. Uh, not with food, though. No, fuck that. He needs a new microphone. Uh, yeah. uh, to new microphone so I can help get food that way. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like a new mic, too. I mean, that, that'd be pretty sweet. See? So there Ooh. you go, man. Um, I already already thanked everybody to, to Helen back for donating to the, the booster thing that allowed me to even continue podcasting in the first place. Uh, yeah, let alone on absolutely. something, let alone on something that sounds halfway decent. Um, I am e- eternally grateful. Uh, and if I could pay people back, I would totally do it. The best thing I can do is do these podcasts, which I presume is good enough for them because they wanted to donate money to the podcast. So, and we get a lot of downloads. So, you know, all the, all those people, you know, you want, you want, you guys keep asking for those damn TV show reviews and now you got it and you well know. well they've got one of them they've got a doctor who well, they'll, they'll yeah, have it's really good because we have a british guy on there with us absolutely on two of them yeah i mean we're, look we're doing our own we're doing our own talking deads essentially after these episodes we're we're we are our own chris hardwicks we we do the uh the after talk shows uh for all of these programs that we're still suffering through our alcoholic problems so i mean that's like yeah, there you know, you. yeah i'll get the real drama yeah he conquered his problems uh so yeah we, we're still dealing with our own uh so yeah cinemageekly.com <laughs> aaron says depressingly he's like uh 
so fucking true. I wish uh, I drank. That'd be sweet. <laughs> you're like, I wish I had a drinking problem. Um, I know. <laughs> slash support before we alienate anyone listening uh, any further anyway. Um, is where you can go um, if you're interested in the Patreon thing. Uh, just head over there, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very simple process. If you only want to do a dollar a month uh, to get a couple of weeks uh, access uh, at the top of every month, uh, we give you we give you a, a peek inside for a couple of weeks. If you want to go five dollars, you get the whole month. Uh, we've got some stuff going all the way up to twenty, I think, where you get full access for the entire year plus a shirt. So. Uh, a shirt of your choosing. We're gonna. I'm gonna work on adding more shirts. I've still got that picture of Aaron, that prophet of geek image uh, that I had that I thought would be a hilarious <laughs> shirt one day. Uh, we could make that into a shirt if you really want. Uh, but right now we've just got the the logo shirt, the 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 fisting shirt, and uh, that that. You're mos- welcome, everybody. <laughs> and that uh, that Moscow International Comic Con shirt, which I just I can't believe. I did a lot of searching. I can't believe I've not seen it really pop up. You'd think that it would be all over the fucking place. That people would have yeah, put right? by now, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, you can do that if you want. Head over to Patreon. Um, if if you don't think that's your thing, or you're not interested in the premium podcast, um, if you buy movie tickets, if you like buying geeky shit, or if you just shop on Amazon like everybody on the planet does, uh, we've got banners on cinemageekly.com slash support, and you just use those to shop like normal and to pay nothing extra. Uh, Click it, bookmark it. Yeah, those people those people give us kickbacks. We still get money from them every once in a while. Um, it's dropped off dramatically. We haven't gotten a whole lot from Fandango, and it's dropped off from ThinkGeek some. Uh, but Amazon keeps keeps coming in. Uh, well, the holidays are coming up, so we'll be getting a big bump on uh, ThinkGeek, at least for my household. I can guarantee you that. There you go. And absolutely. <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if we were smart, we would have mentioned this uh, before college season started when people go buying their books on Amazon because those books are ridiculously overpriced and expensive. So if you're going to have to blow your wad on uh, on (laughs) ridiculously overpriced textbooks that you're only going to use for a short time, why not help us out with (laughs) while you're suffering through these horrible purchases that you have to make? Um, So yeah, you can do that cinemageekly.com slash support. And of course, if um, you are are already in the midst of uh, Patreoning us, cinemageekly.com slash premium, there's links to all of that stuff at the top of the the main website uh, that take you there as well. Um, Also, we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, all at Cinema Geekly. Uh, Info at cinemageekly.com is where you can send all of your love and hate and uh, personal queries that we will hopefully discuss at some point. Uh, I would appreciate it if people tried to throw their real names in there. I'm looking at you, Mr. T's mom, uh, (laughs) which I do not think is your real name. Uh, how dare you sir a hilarious reference however i mean maybe it is mr t's mom and that's her handle on the internet and she was just really fucking psyched about playing destiny i don't know uh you, you never know on the interwebs uh <laughs> but for the podcast itself um you can check us out on the website of course but uh as always we are available on itunes and stitcher and tune in radio um for those of you uh, a, a couple people have asked uh, about the premium podcasting stuff, are, are those going to be available uh, through some of those mediums? I don't know if they're going to be available through Stitcher or TuneIn, but I do believe there is a way we can get them onto iTunes while not also making them widely available to everybody without becoming a patron to uh, the the premium thing. I am in the middle of working on that, so for the time being, they're 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 only going to be available on the website. But I am diligently. 
working on getting uh, a way for them to end up on iTunes. Oh, that's so they, good. People are asking. So people can get... Yeah, well, because a few people are like, I don't want to listen to them on the website. Like, and I don't... Honestly, I don't blame you. I listen to all of my podcasts uh, via my, my iPod Touch and the, the iTunes app. Uh, that's how I listen to all of my podcasts. I would never listen to any of them while on my computer. So, yeah, if people want to do that, uh, go ahead. But for the time being, you've got to do some work and download them and place them onto your uh, player of choice. But I am diligently working on a way to uh, to make them available through iTunes because I do believe there is a way to do it uh, and still restrict the access to people who only have uh, premium accounts. So there you go. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have some news. If not, I'm going to dig further through that mailbag thing and we'll just do another wacky mailbag thing or uh, one of those recasting things that you guys did while I was gone, which was hilarious as fuck. So uh, we should, yeah, it could be time to do another one of those as well. So for Aaron DeLosa and Glenn Beauvais, I'm Anthony Lewis, and we'll be back next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Oh, 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 o